Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Houston North. The Kadesh Family Church, Houston North, is part of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Take the Holy Ghost. What would have become of me if I didn't see your light? What would have been said of me if you didn't hold my hands? Now I've come to realize that you are all I have. You are all that matters. You are all that I'll put you in front, in front of my melody. You are all that matters. You are all that matters. I'll make room for two. You and I, Jesus, you are all that matters. 
you are all that matters Is it the car or is it the house? I'll give them all to you Is it the name or is it the fame? Lord, I'm nothing without you What would have become of me If I didn't see your light What would have been said of me If you didn't hold my hands Now I've come to realize That you are all I have You are all that matters to me you are all that matters, Jesus. I'll put you in front, in front of my melody. You are all that matters. You are all that matters, Lord. I'll make room for two. You and I, Jesus. You are all that matters. You are all the matters. Oh, way, oh, way. You are all the matters. Oh, way, oh, way. Oh, way, oh, way. You are all the matters. Oh, way. we pray our Lord and our Father in heaven we are truly thankful thankful Lord for this beautiful evening we thank you that Lord we are gathered together in your presence we ask you Lord to bless us through the preaching of your word in Jesus name we pray amen how is everyone doing blessed amen hallelujah today I have a short message for you the art of following, amen. The Bible says, be ye followers of them. So there are many people who we are supposed to follow. The many people who went ahead of us and before us are examples for us, amen. amen. And today I want us to look at the art of following Daniel. 
Daniel. Who was Daniel, all right? So the art of following Daniel is the art of developing the ability to work closely with important people. Amen. Some of you need to be able to develop the ability to work well with your bosses. Some of you don't get on well with your bosses at work, even with your colleagues at work. Some people make the mistake of saying, these people are not Christians, they are unbelievers. I, uh, I don't want to have anything to do with them. And yet you are working with them. <laughs> you don't behave well towards them. You have a very bad working relationship with many people. You know, and then when you are in church, you want to be seen as the best person that there is. Now, Daniel, you have to understand, wasn't just a spiritual figure in the Bible as in he wasn't just a prophet. But Daniel was also a political leader, all right? Daniel was a prime minister. Not only was Daniel a prime minister, but he actually served under three different presidents. So tell me, what does it take to be able to serve under three different presidents? Mimi, what do you think? Humility. Being able to listen more than you speak. You can be the next Daniel. <laughs> All right. You know, it's actually commonplace to find that when a new ruler takes over, he will replace all the... In fact, he comes with his own team, isn't it? He is very wary and suspicious of those who are there. He will say that they are a carryover from the old regime, administration, government, whatever, all right? So what I want to say is Daniel must have been doing something right. Do you agree with me? He must have been doing something right for every new leader, new leader who came around, around to have that amount of confidence in him and saying, I want you to stay on in my government, and I want you to help me rule, all right? A lot of people say, I want my own people to work with. I don't know whether you are here to plot a coup against me one day in the future. I am not sure of that. But Daniel stuck around, all right? Number one, he had the ability to work with the prince of eunuchs. He was a eunuch himself. We'll look at that later on. Daniel chapter 1 verse, one verse 9 says, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of eunuchs. Amen. It's good to be in favor with the people who you work with, especially those who are your bosses, your supervisors, your managers. Jesus and so the Bible says that he grew up in favor with God and with man. Some of us might be able to easily say, I have favor with God, but not so easily can we say that we have favor with other men. The Bible says Jesus grew up, grew up in favor with both God and man, all right? So don't think it's not important to get on well with people. It is important to get on well with people. Don't think it's not important to get on well or not to get on well with unbelievers. It is. And then the next person was Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel had the ability to work with King Nebuchadnezzar, who appointed him ruler over the province of Babylon. Amen. Daniel chapter 2, verse 48 and 49, then the king made Daniel a great man. He made him a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole 
province of Babylon. Say, wow. He made him ruler over the, like I said, the, the king has to have a lot of confidence in you to see, to, to say, I, I'm entrusting this whole portion or area of my kingdom to you, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. So the better you are doing, the more responsibility you'll be given. So be happy, happy when you are being given more to do. It means whoever is giving you more to do has faith and confidence in you. All right? Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gates of the king. Amen. And then there was his son Belshazzar. In Daniel chapter 5, verse 29, then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. All right? And then there was King Darius. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom. Daniel chapter 6, 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. So they had like 120 ministers of states. That sounds like a lot, lot doesn't it? But I know some countries that are nearing that number, all right? And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. May it be said of you that there's an excellent spirit in you. Amen. There's a good spirit in you. There's a spirit that makes it easy for people to work with you and get along with you. All right? And the king, if Daniel, if there wasn't anything good to be said about Daniel, we would not be hearing about him up to today. All right? And the, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. All right? So there are three keys that Daniel employed in order to get on well with the rulers. Number one, he was truthful and he was honest. Amen. It's important for you always to be truthful and to be honest. You know, like on Sunday, we saw the exercise that Bishop Dad did with some of his pastors back in the day, 21 and a half years ago. <laughs> and we also did the same exercise, and the people came forward and said, I do very well in these things. I do not do so well in these things. And I remember what he said. He said, here is a pastor. He is not perfect, but he is honest. Amen. So it's important. Nobody is perfect. But one good trait and quality you can have is someone who is honest, who speaks the truth, despite what you don't do so well. Amen. Amen. And he was honest, and he was promoted as a result. All right? You have to be honest with the people who are above you. It's important not to flatter people, to speak deceitfully to people. What does flattery mean? Flattery means... To praise someone, we're not saying don't say good things about people, but to flatter means when you praise someone, but you do it somehow dishonestly. That means you do, not, you do not fully mean what you are saying. You're just saying the things you are saying to make the people, person feel good. You know? But that's the second thing you say about the person. When the person's not there, you have something else that you say about the person. That is flattery. <laughs> Let what you are saying about someone and to the person be something that is genuine and from your heart. Amen. Amen. All right? If you are a dishonest person, you'll be thrown out. You'll be done away with. 
But Daniel must have been honest and truthful, and that's why he was held on. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was very proud. He was a very proud king, and as a result of his pride, he suffered a very serious mental illness, all right? And then he was banished to the woods. He almost became like an animal, all right? And then later on, his son Belshazzar came along, but unfortunately, he didn't learn from what happened to his dad, all right? And he also lifted, lifted himself up in front of the Most High God, but Daniel didn't have have any difficulty in speaking the truth to him as a king. And he spoke to him respectfully. Amen. All right? It didn't lead to his demotion, but it led to his promotion. Hallelujah. So number one, being truthful and um, honest. Number two, being yourself and being real. Amen. Be yourself. Say, be yourself. Don't pretend to be something that you are not. <laughs> All right? When you do that, then you are an actor. And, and even the actors you see on TV, I'm sure if some of you saw them in real life, you think that they would continue to behave the way they do on TV. <laughs> but you find out that it's just an act. They don't behave that way all the time. That's why they can take on so many different roles, isn't it? But it's sad when, I don't know, not that sad, but... Some people, it looks like their personalities, I guess, are just suited for certain roles. So when you see them, it's like, this person's going to be a bad guy in the movie. So you are surprised when you see him in another movie and he's a good person, isn't it? That's why I was very surprised when I started watching Terminator 2. Who hasn't watched Terminator 2? I don't spoil the film for you. It's a very old movie. You should have watched it by now. Because <laughs> in Terminator 1, Terminator was a bad guy, isn't it? And then I remember I was watching Terminator 2 with my big brother. And then it got to a point where he defended the boy. What's his name? John Connor. And I said, hey, what's happening? And my brother said, you watch. <laughs> <laughs> so then I found out that, oh, the Terminator is actually not a good guy. I said, I could never imagine in my wildest dreams that Terminator could be a good Terminator. <laughs> but he had become a good guy in the movie. You know, so sometimes we associate certain people, the, even the look on their faces. You know, with the roles that they'll play. But what I'm saying is, you have to learn to be yourself. Don't put up an act, all right? Daniel learned to be himself. Some people, some of us develop unreal accents. All right? You have the accent, which is your accent. And then you have the accent that you speak to people. So that they'll think like, they'll think that you are just like one of them. Yeah. Who? Miriam? She has two accents. Oh, wow. She has three. So one is for who? Her husband? And then one is for us in church? And then one is where? For work. So she has three accents. All right. For which one? Vera has how many accents? Vera. Oh, she has two pronunciations of her name. One that she gives to us. And once she gives her work, so when we go to her work and we say, well, Vera, they'll say, who's, who's that? We, we don't know Vera here. Kwesi. <laughs> You're just telling me all the reasons why my daughters have different names for people than I have. Because the other day they said, who has somebody? Kwesi and somebody. Kojo. They said, Kojo and Kwesi are coming. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you need only one accent. All right? You don't need a, do you know Lafa? Locally acquired foreign accent. The other day I was telling my daughters I have only one accent. And hopefully it works for everybody. Hopefully it works for you in church. Hopefully when I go to work, it works for them. I, I don't have, I mean, I might switch a few words around here and there. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but you can't blame me. <laughs> because when I first came to this country so many years ago, I thought my English was perfect. And then I was sitting in the office, and then I would say something, and they say, huh? They said, huh, so many times that I said, what? Don't you understand English? They don't understand English. I would say necessary. And they say, what? I said, necessary, huh? Oh, necessary. I said, I'm But little by little, I began to learn how to speak. And now I promise you, I have only one accent, all right? Which hopefully cuts across. Eh? <laughs> With a few variations. But... Daniel was a real person, amen, all right? A lot of women are unreal in what we see. <laughs> they are here with us. <laughs> if you don't have hair, you don't have hair, like me. Then you are free, eh? We'll be tied to you if I come and hold your hair. <laughs> okay, I'll stop, I'll stop. I humbly submit. <laughs> mm? How many things are unreal these days? That's why sometimes they'll show a picture of somebody and they'll say, so, so, and so with no makeup. And you say, hey, is that the person? With no makeup, but you can't recognize the person. Because the hair is not there. The nails are not there. The eyelashes are not there. That, 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 what? The, um... <laughs> The eyes have changed color. Oh, once I saw, I just said, ah, this cannot be your eye color. Oh, man. This cannot be your eye color. I said, I've no, never seen anybody like you with this color of eyes before. Ah. And they, mm. I said, like, we all have green eyes. <laughs> that is not your eye color. Amen. So be yourself and be real. All right? Yeah. And then uh, the key of respecting and honoring kings. All right, so learn to respect and honor people. Like I said, you can relate to relate all of this to working with people, not only in church, but even at your workplaces. Some of us are not respectful, all right? We are rather proud. We are stubborn. We can get very rude with people. We can answer with insolence. What you have to understand, sometimes, what people do not know is people who, the higher you go sometimes, the lonelier you get. You know, you see people who are very high up, CEOs and executives, but you, you might not know that many people feel intimidated when it comes to relating with them. And people will think that they cannot relate to them in a certain way because of the level they are at. So a lot of times these people tend to be lonely. But what they do want and appreciate is real friends, people who can be real with them, all right, and people who do not have to come to them pretending, all right? So Daniel could have spoken rudely to the king because the king was already doomed. God had told him, but instead, he continued to give the kings that he served under a lot of honor. Amen. The next point in the art of following 
Daniel is the art of following Daniel is the art of following or the art of taking other people's dreams seriously. Amen. Now we all know we all know Daniel to be a prophet, all right? And you might be deceived into thinking that the book of Daniel contains only his visions and only his dreams. But you'd be surprised that half of the book of Daniel is about the dreams of other people. The dreams of other people. You know, it's interesting, there was many, some of you might have seen, there's someone who had predicted that in 2020, there'll be a contagious disease that'll be spreading. And I later found out that this book was actually written by a psychic or a medium. But she died in 2013. But it is interesting that in the year 2020, what she described in her book, you might have seen an excerpt of her book, is happening almost as, um, just as she described in the book. But I was thinking about it. Because when I first saw it, I actually thought it was a Christian. Because the, the, um, the title of the book is, um, uh, I don't know, something to do with prophecy. Let me, let me see. <laughs> or the end of time, or the end of time, or something like that. Let me see what it is. So when I saw it, I thought it was a Christian book because um, it's uh, end of days. It says predictions and prophecies, end of the world. So I thought it was a Christian book. In actual fact, this is what she wrote in the book. She said, in around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments. Almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived. Attack again. Um, some years later, and then disappear completely. Anyway, we don't know whether that's true. We just have to wait. But it got me thinking, because I was wondering whether God only reveals his will and his plans through Christians. You know, then I was just reminded that in the Bible, surprisingly, sometimes God would give his vision of the future to people who we would consider non-Christian. All right? Starting with Pharaoh. God gave him the dream about the years of plenty and the years of famine. Do you know that? Why didn't he choose any of the sons of Israel, any of his called or chosen people? But he decided instead to reveal what was going to happen to a heathen king. I do not understand it. But then someone was called, and even before that, remember the, the cupbearer and the baker? They also had dreams. But in the Bible, their dreams were not discounted. And it doesn't say that they were followers of God or Jehovah or the way. But what they dreamt about also came to pass, all right? So what we're saying is Daniel, all right, was taking other people's dreams seriously. Amen. So for whatever reason, sometimes God decides that he's not going to show you something, but he's going to show somebody else something that's going to affect your life. Why, I do not know. <laughs> and why, even of all people, does that go to an unbeliever? So sometimes you have to respect what other people's dreams show and reveal. Amen. And it takes humility to accept that, um, that something else or somebody else is going to be told what is going to happen, all right? Yeah, God was actually using and.
believing kings, but Daniel still took it seriously, which also tells me that sometimes you have to align your life with the dream that another person is given. Yeah, maybe another person has a vision, and that vision wasn't given to you. Because sometimes we, we think you are following a person. You are following a man. Why, if God is God, why, why doesn't he just also show me something? Just as powerful, just as strong, just as... God might not decide or decide not to do it that way. God might say, whatever I want to do with this group of people, this entire region, this entire nation of people, is going to be revealed to this person. So it is in your interest to line up with what this person is doing, which could be the case with a church. You know, you might not have the revelation for how the church is going to go or supposed to go. God might decide to just reveal that to your leader or leaders, and it is in your interest. Because if Daniel has said, this was not revealed to me, or if Joseph has said, I haven't had this vision of a famine, let's continue. <laughs> they would have all died, isn't it? But because there were so many years, how many years of plenty? Seven years of plenty and seven years of farming, so they took the time to store all the grain and all the food and whatever else they could over that period. And as a result, he saved the lives of many people. Amen. Amen. So Nebuchadnezzar had two dreams. Um, thou, O king, Daniel chapter 2, verse 31, thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. He, he had the dream of a great image. All right. When, when, when you look at this, and maybe we'll look at this some more later on, but the image that he saw almost predicts the future of um, Europe, all right? This great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee and the form or the formation or the creation of the European Union, that's what I wanted to say, and the form there was terrible, all right? And then King Nebuchadnezzar also had the dream of a great tree. Daniel chapter 4 verse 10, thus were the visions of mine head in my head. In my bed, sorry. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great. Amen. Number three, the art of following Daniel is the art of developing good prayer habits. Amen. Is it good to develop good prayer habits? I always want you to remember that Daniel was a prophet, but he was also a prime minister. He was a political figure. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now, when... Daniel knew that that writing was signed. He went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and he prayed and he gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Amen. Amen. If if you read just a little part of this, you might even think he's describing a Muslim. (laughs) Not too many Christians are regimented in their prayer. Do you, do you understand what I say, regimented? Like they follow a regimen. Like when you're taking medicine, you have to follow a regimen, isn't it? They'll say, take it, take one capsule, two times a day, with food, or a full glass of water, before and after. <laughs> That's what we call a regimen. You have to follow it. You have to do it, otherwise you're going to... Um, cause imbalances in your whatever, all right? So, I mean, this, the Bible says he actually had the habit of praying three, that's what it means. It's, it was a habit that he had developed, you know? So there's nothing wrong with developing a habit that you do. 
a lot of times we want to say we are not under the law anymore, all right? The law of the spirit of um, what? <laughs> the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the spirit of death, all right? The law of sin and death, yes. So, but Daniel prayed a lot. And the fact that it is recorded in the Bible means that it is significant. He gave thanks to God and he prayed three times a day. Three times a day. We hear people praying five times a day, isn't it? And we kind of make fun of it. Because once I used to work for a company where the driver used to pray five times a day. <laughs> because this person was of a certain religion. It was interesting because sometimes I would have to go for a meeting with my boss. And then we'll say, where's the driver? And they'll say, he is behind the building. Hey, what is he doing behind the building? He was praying. Believe it or not, we never sacked the driver. <laughs> we had to wait patiently while he finished whatever he was doing, you see. And he wasn't ashamed of it. To him, it was that very important, even if it meant upsetting his boss, which, I, I mean, I, I don't think that was his intention, but... To him, again, he was regimented in what he was doing, isn't it? So Daniel prayed, all right, because he just recognized that there is a lot that is not possible unless we get the help of God. And he knew that as a politician, all right, as a political figure, because it's usually difficult to do the things that are right, all right? So the more you do something, so sometimes you have to do things just because you have to do it. You just have to do it, so therefore you just do it. And that's, I think, what Daniel was doing, because I think there are so many things that could have got in the way, or there are so many reasons you could have given for not doing this three times a day. And at this moment, he was actually in a time of crisis. And at the time of crisis, because the edict had been signed, you know, this had to do with when they said any person who was found praying to his God. I said, this is what I mean. The Bible says, as he did a fourth time, so it was customary to him. This was what he did. It wasn't something brand new he was doing because he was in trouble. It was something he was doing because it was something that he just did, simply put. Amen. All right, so we have to learn to do difficult things routine, routinely. Routinely. Something just has to be a routine. You know, like having a quiet time has to be a routine. Sometimes I, in the morning, I just find that I just have to read the Bible <laughs> because I, I, there's a way in which we know is a good way to have your quiet time. What do you do? You pray to begin, you read the passage, you meditate upon it, you look, I mean, all of those things. But sometimes you will not have time to do all of that. So just do it. Just at least read your Bible. For whatever few minutes you have, just read it. Because if spiritual things are real and if the word of God truly is our daily bread, then we cannot do without reading or we cannot do without taking in that meal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, just as you will not go without food for a long time, all right, you cannot go without God's word for that long. Amen. So we have to habitualize prayer just like Daniel did. And then he was able to walk in the level of anointing that he did. Amen. Amen. All right. Because we cannot, as Christians, think that something that we have today is something that we're going to have tomorrow. We cannot 
suppose that whatever level of anointing we have, whatever amount of the spirit that we have is the same amount that we'll have tomorrow. So the, 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 there's a verse in the Bible that says, be filled with the spirit. What verse is that? Be filled with the spirit. Galatians 5, 16. <laughs> I think that one says walk in the spirit. But which one says be filled with the spirit? What's that? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> so I'm asking for help. Ephesians 5, 18. Okay, so Mr. Bongo. Ephesians <laughs> 5, 18. Over to you. <laughs> Be filled with the Spirit. Give me another version. Give me another version. What does it say? The New Living Translation. Let the Holy Spirit. Because I'm told that the word be filled with the Spirit means is actually continue being filled. Continue to be filled. As in do not be filled once but continue topping up, isn't it? Yeah. It's like even if a cup is filled with water or anything is filled with something, with time, it naturally evaporates, doesn't it? So if you wanted to maintain a certain level, you have to continue topping it up. Things left alone will just dry up and wither. So when the Bible says be filled, it means continue being filled. And that's what Daniel understood, and that's why he did what he did, all right? He did not give up on prayer. Amen. All right. And the last one, the art of following Daniel is the art of keeping your faith. Keeping your faith. All right. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10 to 11. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house. And his windows, no, uh, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled down upon his knees three times a day, and he prayed, and he gave thanks before his God. Then these three men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before God. Amen. All right, so Daniel kept the faith to the very end, all right? Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, I have fought a good fight, which we say a lot. I have finished my course. But he also said, I have kept the faith. Amen. To keep the faith means to keep the faith to the end. The Bible says, those who continue to the end are my disciples indeed. All right? It is those who continue to the end that will be saved. All right, so keep believing in the things that you believe in. Because one thing that can happen very easily with a Christian is that things that you believe in and hold on to initially, but then as time goes, you can very easily let go of, isn't it? I was talking to one of my old classmates because he was being teased, unfortunately, but when we were in secondary school, I, I didn't know this. I think it was a year ahead of me, but they said he was a great preacher. He was a wild preacher. And I said, what happened to that person? <laughs> That was a great preacher. He said, as he grew up, I'll just ask him today. He said, he found out that life is not that complicated, whatever that means. <laughs> but there are some people on our group that he had been preaching to with a lot of fervency, with a lot of zeal, 
I mean, he really meant what he was doing at the time. So there are things you can believe in, but with time, you can let go of, isn't it? You can believe in miracles, the working of miracles. You can believe in praying for people. But sometimes we pray for people and things do not go the way we want it to, isn't it? You can pray for a sick person. Once I was a little scared because there's somebody who I wanted to pray for somebody who was close to me. And then something happened to somebody else. In fact, somebody, that somebody else had unfortunately passed away. And then I was told that the person who I wanted to pray for, the person who had prayed for me, I prayed for this person who had passed away. I said, hey, will that prayer work? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just put me on shaky ground for a little bit because I said, hmm, I mean, I need God to answer this prayer. But if this person who, I mean, the person's a wild person <laughs> who I really look up to and is great, but I was told that he prayed for this person, the person didn't survive. It's going to happen that not every prayer will be answered. But it does not mean that we should not keep on believing. You still have to believe. Amen. You still have to pick yourself up and believe. You still have to believe that God is going to be your protector and your provider. Amen. Um, the longer you live, the more things you see. And therefore, that, that's why younger people are known to be people who have a lot of zeal. You know, it's like they haven't seen a whole lot. Like they, sh they should come, be around for a little bit. And then they, they might not be so sure about things. You know, they might not be as so, yeah, Genesis chapter 47, verse 9, Jacob, it says, lived for 130 years. And what happened over that period? And Jacob, in some, Genesis chapter 47, verse 9, and Jacob said unto Pharaoh, the days or the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been. <laughs> He said, those years have been filled with a lot of evil days and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers and the days of their pilgrimage. All right, so after 130 years or 100 years even or even 20 years or even 50, you're going to see a lot. That's going to shake and challenge your faith. The question is, are you still going to believe after all of that has happened? Amen. You can easily see that there is no God, isn't it? Yeah. Especially when you move into environments where a lot of people do not believe in God. Yeah, you can very, your, your, your faith can very easily be watered down because of the environment you are in. A lot of unbelieving people, a lot of um, critical people, all right? <laughs> you say that there's no God, there's no Jehovah. You say God is not going to meet your needs. You say, how many times have I not asked God for this thing and has it happened yet? But you still have to keep on believing. Amen. That's why I like Jesus in Luke chapter 18 when he said, um, Jesus taught a parable that men ought always to pray and not to faint or not to give up. All right? The example he gave, of, gave was of a, an unrighteous judge. How can you look at God as an unrighteous person who is very, being very difficult and who is almost refusing, it appears to you, to answer your prayer, you see? But... Jesus said that he will answer speedily. Amen. Amen. He will answer. So Daniel kept his faith in God and in prayer in spite of the persecution and harassment he experienced. Amen. All right. So number one, in following Daniel, what do we need to do? We need to 
have the ability to work with closely with important people. Amen. Work closely with important people in the church, at home, at work. Learn to work closely with important people. He was a prime minister under three presidents. Amen. Number two is the art of taking other people's dreams seriously. And not say that if God hasn't said it to me, then I'm just going to wait. All right? I noticed that at home, my wife has a lot of revelations. <laughs> Even though I'm, I'm the supposed pastor. I, I'm, I ask myself, why does she have all these dreams? When she wakes up in the morning, she has a new dream. <laughs> and before we can interpret it, she has a new, another dream. So, and there's a backlog of dreams. And she says, I have not been paying attention to her dreams. But her dreams are too fantastic. <laughs> I, I don't know where to start and where to finish. Sometimes she has partial interpretations. And then I'm supposed to try and make up for the rest. But I'm clueless. <laughs> but you have to respect what other people are saying. And what other people are, God, what God is revealing to other people. He's not showing it to you, but you have to. Because I know that was a problem for me. I was saying, mm, but God, I'm the pastor in the house. If you have anything to reveal to anybody in the house, please. I have the, I'm the one wearing the cross. <laughs> she's just wearing a blouse. I'm wearing... No, but for some reason, she's getting other revelations, which is okay. All right. <laughs> Take other people's dreams seriously. Amen. Even the dream of a little child. Even the words of a little child. Naaman was saved by listening to a little child who said, I know of a prophet. All right? He could have very easily um, disregarded what she had to say. Number three, the art of following Daniel is the art of developing good prayer habits. Amen. Regiment, say regimented. At a point, you have to become regimented in the things that you do for God. Three times a day. Why three times a day? Why three times a day? Why once a day? Why once a week? Why whenever? You have to. It's part of developing a good habit. Difficult things done consistently will turn into a good habit that will benefit you. Amen. All right? I don't think it was necessarily or particularly easy for him, but he kept at it. Amen? And the art of following Daniel is the art of keeping your faith to the end. Amen. All right. Let us pray. I want you to ask Lord, the Lord to complete the revelation of Daniel to you. Whatever it means to follow Daniel and from him learn the very good and positive traits that we can Acquire from following him, a great prophet of God, but not only that, a great leader in his time, a great leader over God's people and over the kingdoms that he was a part of, and a very well-respected and honored person. Let Honorable person, let us pray that we will have this good example in front of us that we can follow. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we talk to you and we ask you, O oh God, let's stand to our feet and let's pray to the Father. Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, 
Father, let's follow the good example. Help us to follow the good example of Daniel, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to be more like you. Like Jesus, I want to be more like, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be a vessel that you work through. I, I want to be more like you. I want to be more I want to be more like Jesus. I, I want to be more like I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. Like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be a vessel you work through. Father, I want to thank you very much. We say that, Lord, we give ourselves to you completely. All of us, take us, and all of us, Lord, we pray that in the name of Jesus, we will be useful to you. We pray that, Father, you help us to be good followers of those that, Father, you have set as good examples for us. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus, we will not falter, we will not fall by the side, but Lord, we'll keep looking straight ahead. We'll look to Jesus, who's the author and who's the perfecter and who's the finisher of our faith. The Lord will make it to the end. I pray that, Father, you will find us. You have already found us worthy, Lord. We are thankful, Lord. May we be good shepherds in your house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you. We hope you have been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on our social media handles at QFC Houston North. Speak the word, speak.